0: we look at this passage this morning, I want to think of it under the theme, oh, worship the king. Oh, worship the king. And as we do so, we will think about the wise men. Uh, We will think about Herod, how he responds to that call to worship. And then the Israelite leaders, the Jewish leaders. And all the while we want to be thinking about our own lives. And as we close this year, the year of our Lord, is that true? It is the year of our Lord, 2023. How we can reflect on our lives. Very important to do so. Uh, To reflect with thankfulness, to reflect with contrition of heart, repentance, uh, gratitude, all those things. Oh, worship the King. You know the story very well, I trust. Jesus had been born. Jesus, meaning Savior, had been born in the little town, the hamlet of Bethlehem in Judea. In the days of the evil King Herod. And wise men from the east had come to Jerusalem. Asking, where is the king? We want to do what? We want to worship. If you were to ask any Jewish child in the time of Matthew, the gospel writer, who was the greatest wise man in the East? In the Old Testament. What would be your answer? What would be your answer? Who was the greatest wise man in the East? You would have to say, you would probably say it would be Daniel. Do you remember Daniel? He was wiser than the wise men of the Babylonian Empire and the empire that followed it, the Persian Empire, the Medo-Persian. Do you remember Daniel? And what did Daniel if you think about that whole book, what were the main themes of that book? Well, it was, even though Nebuchadnezzar was very big and very powerful, who was bigger? God was bigger. Daniel's God was bigger. And God humbled Nebuchadnezzar, didn't he? And Belteshazzar. He is the God who rules over all the kingdoms of this world. And you remember Nebuchadnezzar had that dream of that, that statue and the head was gold, remember that? And then there were some other parts and then they represented what? They represented the kingdoms that were coming before a king would come. Symbolized by a giant rock that would come and smash those kingdoms. Kingdoms. That was another theme of Daniel. And another theme in the book of Daniel was worship. Do you remember that? Do you remember that, boys and girls? Daniel had three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, remember? And they were told, they saw this, had this big statue made, and they were told, you need to worship. And what did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do? Did they say, okay? No, they said, no. We will be thrown into the fire, thank you very much. We're not worshiping that. We'll worship God, and whatever happens, happens. And they went into the fiery furnace, and someone else was in there. And the king called them out, and God was exalted. And the worship of God was exalted. You could do a deep dive into Daniel and spend a whole course thinking about these themes. But Daniel was the wise man of those two great empires. That was 600 years before Matthew chapter 2. But he was the wise man by God. God made him to be that person. And those prophecies, any wise man, if you are a wise man, what do you do? You study other wise men. And Daniel was the guy. His prophecies, which came true again and again, uh, Daniel was the guy to study. Now there is some mystery as we come to our text about this star, and it is just there. It is not explained to us. It is there as a fact. A star in the east uh, is seen from the east. And the wise men know that this star represents the coming of the king of the Jews. Now, how they knew that, that's why they're called wise men. Okay? Okay. <laughs> uh, but they know it. Perhaps out of all these prophecies and whatever God put on their hearts, they knew this. And one of the other great prophets in the Old Testament, who wasn't really a Christian, he's he's a confusing guy, uh, his name is Balaam. Remember Balaam? And Balaam would say in Numbers 24, and you might want to just look at that briefly here, Numbers 24 He also speaks about the coming king of the Jews, the Messiah. And Numbers 24, verse 17, and often only verse 17 is quoted when we look at this text, but you actually need to look at verse 18 as well because it's very interesting. It says, Balaam's final oracle, speaking about the coming of Christ, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of Sheth. Edom shall be dispossessed. Seir also, his enemies, shall be dispossessed. Israel is doing valiantly. Uh, This was one of the great prophecies that the Jews remembered, and they even remember it to this day. And you can see it on their flag. What is on the Israeli flag? A star. And the star represents the Messiah. This is the King, King Jesus. And you know Herod's going to come up in our story. Herod is from Edom. He's an Edomite. Herod, does Herod like this star prophecy? No. Edom shall be dispossessed? Uh, no thanks. Well, the wise men, they, have, they know what they know and they are now responding to the kingdom that is coming into this world. And you and I, we need to respond. We need to keep on responding to the kingdom that is in this world. True? We are to seek first the kingdom of God. It can't be a hobby. It can't be something on the side. It is our first thing. Now these men travel. And you just have to think about what it means to travel from the Middle East, whether it was Babylon or Persia, wherever these people were coming from. Uh, This is a big journey. Perhaps crossing from the Persian Empire into the Roman Empire. Uh, This is maybe two months, three months of traveling. And they are going... Believing that they are going to find this great king. A king that will change this world forever. Daniel prophesied about it. Balaam prophesied about it. And we are going to find the king. Notice when they come. They think, as they follow the star, they come to Jerusalem, as you know, and that would be normally where you would find the king. And they bring word to Herod, the king. Herod is an illegitimate king. He is not from David's line, is he? He is from the line of Esau. He's an Edomite king. And do you remember, Herod was basically a collaborator with the Romans In governing the Jewish people. And Herod was known to be a great murderer. Uh, He was a terrorist on the Israelite people. Though he had tried to win them over by building that temple for them. You remember Daniel's prophecy of of that great statue in the bottom. The feet were not gold or iron. They were iron mixed with what? Clay. Herod was part of that clay. And maybe the wise men knew that when they met Herod. They thought, you know, hey, that's the iron mixed with clay. That's this kingdom. This isn't the Messiah. This isn't the star. The star is moving, right, to Bethlehem. These wise men, we might say, have a heroic Faith, A faith with much curiosity and risk as they go and seek out the Lord to worship him. They want to honor him. And you know, that's what we are called to do each day of our lives. And one of the great things as you think about the introduction to the Gospel of Matthew, it, you, we need to be a bit shocked by this, okay? Uh, some people are coming and they want to worship a baby, I mean, we're going to do a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, and you've come here to do what? Worship a baby? Douche, douche, douche. Sacrilege. True? This is bad. You come to Jerusalem to do what? You go to the temple. You bring your sacrifice. Okay, you're Gentiles. We have a court for you. You do your thing there, however it is. We'll show you how to do it. But you're talking nonsense. Nonsense. They have come all the way. Who is next? How do they respond? Verse 3, Herod, the king, hears this. He's troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling the chief priests and the scribes, he asks, where is the Christ, the Messiah, to be born? And they tell him it's in Bethlehem for so it is written by the prophet. You know, even Jews today who don't believe in that Christ is the Messiah, they have to deal with this text. You have to deal with the prophecy written here that the Messiah is coming from Bethlehem. And what Matthew is doing here as he writes to the Jewish people, he is pushing the Old Testament before their face. And he's showing them that this King, this kingdom is unstoppable. It's that unstoppable rock that is moving through this world, destroying kingdoms, bringing people under the submission, the surrender of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, how do they respond? Well, you know, these Jewish leaders, uh, they've been catechized, they know their stuff. True? They know the prophets. They know the theologians. They know all the Bible trivia. They can quote Micah 5 too, As Matthew quotes it. It's Bethlehem. From you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Now, that even that verse is a judgment to Herod and company. It's a judgment to the Jewish leaders and company. True? Think about it. Was Herod shepherding the people of Israel? No. He wasn't leading them to God. He was oppressing them. He was happy to have them in bondage. Were the scribes and Pharisees And all these leaders, were they leading God's people, preparing them for the Messiah, preparing the way of the Lord? No. Jesus would say of the people of Israel, they are sheep without a shepherd. And here in Micah 5, 2, we are not just given the town. We're given the heart of the shepherd, the heart of a king, your king. The king who shepherds us. And as we reflect on another year, it is a year under the shepherd King Jesus. But these leaders are unmoved to move, they give the answer, they can talk the talk. but their hearts are filled with unbelief. It's really, really a sad thing. He came to his own, and his own received him not. This is the climax of the Old Testament on the pages of the New Testament, the coming of of. Not just of the king of the line of David. The coming of God. God has come in the flesh. And the nations are coming here to announce this. To tell the Israelite people, your king is here. Yeah, well, it'll be in Bethlehem. Probably. That's what it says, you know. Yeah, Bethlehem, Micah 5 too, that's right, yeah. Okay, be off. They're unmoved. Who are these wise men coming into Jerusalem, raising all this noise? The last thing we need here is for people to go running after another crazy idea. And upset the whole politics and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, We just need the status quo. I know we got the Romans. I know we got Herod. But you know what? We got what we got. Can't we just have peace? Has that been your theme in 2023? Can't we just have peace? Peace? I'm sorry, but if you're in the kingdom of King Jesus, there is peace with him, but there is conflict in this world. Jesus said, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. And a sword that will divide in your family. A father against a son. And you know the text. All of that. Are you excited about that? Does that pain you? Indeed, it pains us. But that is the kingdom of Christ. And this text calls us to examine our life. Who do we seek first? Are you in your life seeking your own comfort? I can't walk to Bethlehem. It's like five kilometers. From Jerusalem. I can't go, my friends. You know, they're the other scribes. I'm kind of interested, but you know, I don't know. I'll just stay here. Don't want to get here at all mad. You don't, you don't actually believe these Babylonians? Who are they? Who is your number one in your life? If you are your number one, you've got a big problem. And you just completed, not the year of our Lord, 2023, but you completed the year of yourself, <laughs> 2023. That's not glorifying to God. True? No, it's really bad. It's really bad. And you need to have some guilt about that. True? True. The king is here, right? We have a king, not as a baby anymore. We have a king who is seated on heaven's throne, and he has not given us gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Although, yeah, that's some of it, maybe. But he has given us his very life. He has given us; he's made us inherit, given us an inheritance in his kingdom. He has not just given us catechism answers. He's given us the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. How can we not serve him? How can we not honor him and praise him and love him? He is so good. As we close 2023, we need to think about the goodness of our King, the goodness of our Shepherd. And out of all that goodness and all of that love and all of that grace, we step into his mission field. We step into his kingdom. We step into his conflict. And that conflict begins with our own hearts. With our own sin. It begins by accepting his agenda into our life and rejecting our own. But the Jewish leaders, they're unmoved, aren't they? And we read about Herod. Herod is, uh, you know, he's not entirely unmoved, right? Herod, is he believing these wise men? You better believe it. He believes. Is Herod a believer? Kind of. He believes. He agrees that it's true, but he has nothing to do with this kingdom. You see, faith has three parts. You've got to know the information. You've got to agree that it's true. and Then you've got to trust. Herod knows. He agrees, but he's not trusting. He's making war. He knows Numbers 24. He knows that this kingdom, right after the star is mentioned, his tribe is mentioned. And Herod's not going to have anything to do with that. And he's just like Pharaoh, who would kill all the babies. Remember that, boys and girls in Egypt? Yep. Yeah. And Herod's just like that. Okay. We're going to have some conflict here. He gets the, the date when the star appeared, and he, he says, you know, I want to come and worship too. Let me know. He's like Satan, a liar and a murderer from the beginning. The Jewish leaders were unmoved. Herod is moved to massacre, which is kind of a normal thing in that part of the world. A tragedy. But what do the wise men do? What do they do? Verse 8, He sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. And listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star... They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. The star leads them. God leads them. They find the child. They go into the house. They see the child with Mary, his mother. And what do they do? It says there that they worshiped him. Now, if there's any Roman Catholics, you need to to realize here it doesn't say that they worshiped them. They didn't worship the Holy Family, they worshiped him. They worshiped the infant child, the Christ. Notice they do not even say earlier on to Herod, uh, we have come to find the child who will be the king of the Jews. They say, we are looking for the one who is the king of the Jews. This Jesus is already king. And when they meet him, their response is worship. They have come before God himself. God in the flesh. The wise men are a witness to us. Just like in the book of Daniel. Daniel when you see Daniel's life, that's a witness, isn't it? That's encouraging. Well, at the very beginning of the gospel, we have wise men. Worshipping a baby. Look at that famous chapter, the last chapter of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28. You know how Matthew 28 goes. But Matthew has this same theme at the end of his gospel. Do you remember? You know the Great Commission, all authority in heaven on earth. You know that one. But what's right before it? Do you know? It says there, uh, the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they did what? They worshipped. Now do you remember, is there anything after that? There is. It says, but some doubted. And that is our hearts, loved ones. These men, these 11 disciples had walked with Jesus for those few years and still had some doubt. That's honesty. And Jesus comes and he tells them that all authority is his. But even in their doubt, they worship. These wise men. What a beautiful testimony. What a beautiful witness. A call to worship Christ. The disciples had done that. Matthew mentions it uh, a couple other times in the gospel of people worshiping him. You'll remember the time in the boat. After the storm has been calmed, and they say in Matthew 14, truly you are the Son of God, and they worship him. And then on resurrection morning, the women. Greetings, he says. And they came up, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. We are entering into a new year tomorrow. The year of our Lord, 2024. It's Jesus' year. It's not our year. It's his. And that's a comfort. That's an encouragement. Whose year is it going to be? Putin's? Is it going to be Hamas's year? Is it going to be this one or that? Whose year? It's already Jesus' year. And every kingdom that exalts itself will be humbled. What is your resolution? What is your comfort in this year that is approaching? We have a king. We already have a king. And he loves us. He has given us his life, more than gold and frankincense and myrrh. He's given us forgiveness. He's given us an inheritance. He's given us a mission. He's given us an identity, such that we pray, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Beat that. Christ is worthy of our worship. True? He's worthy of your life. Give it to him. A hundred percent. Give it to him. May that be your resolution. How are you responding to the call of the gospel? Each and every day we have to respond. Are you going to serve the king, kingdom of King Me? Right? The unholy trinity, me, myself, and I? You wake up in the morning and you say, Lord, help me to serve you this day. Help me. And you engage in the conflict of your own heart right there. That's often where the big conflict begins, just getting out of bed. Help me to seek first your kingdom. We have been born again into conflict. Kingdoms that are in conflict. Churches that are in conflict. Churches that fight for the truth and stand for the truth. Office bearers who are living out of their identity in Christ and pastoring the sheep in the congregation so that the sheep are not without shepherds. You who are receiving the shepherding, of the office bearers. The way that you seek God's kingdom is by also submitting to their leadership. True? True? It's true. I'm the guest pastor, so I can like, stick it to you this morning, okay? Um, but that's true, right? He's the king, and they are the king's representatives. Those sheep, who are not coming to church very much anymore, right? You know all the catechism answers. Uh, I don't think I'll go. Maybe I'll just do the live stream. Bad idea, right? Don't forsake the gathering of the saints. True. How are you responding to the kingdom of King Jesus in your life? It's very important big trend today is many Christians are just turning into holy hermits, right? You sit at home, I've done my time, right? I'm going to the cottage. I don't know any of your stories, so if I'm stepping on your air hose this morning, forgive me, but maybe not, right? You need to repent. You need to respond to the king. Is he worthy of your life? True, And we have to all, you and me, we all need to respond to the king. And we need to say, whose kingdom is first? Lord, help me this year as I approach a new year. Can I give my all to you? Can I get my identity out of what the king has given to me and not what I can manufacture for myself? Can I... Be blessed by the king's resources, the office bearers of the church, the ministry of the word of God in my life, the communion of the saints, and be blessed and be a blessing. And be a witness in this world. It's a great calling. We are part of a kingdom that is unstoppable. Are you believing that? It's true. And Herod can throw his stones and kill some babies. But he's just throwing pebbles at a giant mountain that's coming towards him. The kingdom is coming. It is the year of our Lord, 2023. And the next is approaching and he already owns it. May we seek to be a part of that kingdom, find our comfort in it, our joy in serving in it. For he is coming again. And he will come to judge the living and the dead and to take his people into his everlasting kingdom. Amen. We will sing from the supplement, Psalm 22, uh, page 9.